bow with me as we pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and your forgiveness. Father, thank you for, um, for your protection. Thank you for uh, the way that you watch over us. Father, we pray for those that we know uh, that are sick. God, we just ask that you will uh, you'll just reach down, you'll touch them, you'll protect them. Father, you will heal them. Father, for those that, uh, that are um, facing the possibility of sickness, having been in close contact with somebody else, God, we pray that you will protect them too. Um, and God, those of their family that are sick, we pray that you will, again, reach down, touch them, and heal them. And Father, we thank you for uh, the ability to have church this way when necessary, uh, for the chance to gather remotely, uh, to gather separately in our own homes, uh, to have worship services, preaching services, to hear your word preached. Father, we thank you for those that are um, with us right now, that are online with us, that are watching, that are listening. God, we pray that you will... Um, You'll use this time uh, for your glory, uh, God, to grow uh, Christ-likeness in each one of us. Father, we thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, we welcome you. Uh, we don't know, I don't know how many of you are here, because uh, I'm looking right now at uh, an, an empty building, an empty church. Uh, I have nobody sitting in front of me. Uh, nobody to smile or to give me a heads up when I use a wrong word or when I, uh, my grammar is not correct. But I'm glad that you are um, online with us. Uh, and I just pray that, um, uh, that every one of you are safe. Every one of you uh, will be um, recovering from any illness that you might have. And any of you who are thinking that you might uh, have been um, uh, exposed to uh, COVID, that... Uh, that there are no symptoms and that any tests that you take come back negative and you do not have COVID. Um, all of that said, um, I want to thank you also for your, um, uh, your cooperation, uh, for the way things work, for your concern for others uh, in that you want to gather, but you also want to keep your uh, folks safe. Uh, and we're excited that you care about uh, your class members and your, your uh, church family uh, in that way that you even though you really want to be here, that you see the wisdom of, um, of not gathering together for this. So I'm thankful for, uh, for you. I'm thankful for uh, the, way that you, um, uh, the way that you respond to the different things that are going on. Um, our hope is that we will be able to be back next Sunday. That is our plan. Uh, at this point, everything else is canceled this week um, uh, from today to next Saturday. And then next Sunday, we plan to be back for Sunday school and for worship. So if you have your Bible... Um, and if you don't, you can go get it, and nobody's going to see you do that. Um, but if you have your Bible, open your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Um, and we are going to read uh, verses 16 through 23 this week. Next week, we'll uh, look at 24, 25, 26, and 27. Um, and, uh, and the Apostle Paul in this text uh, talks about being everything to everyone. And, you know, what we've noticed is that's really not easy to do. Um, it's, it's difficult to be everything to everyone. I remember when I was a uh, church custodian um, for a short time, and they had a thermostat on the back wall, and the thermostat did nothing. It, it just, you just changed things. It was not connected to any furnace, to any air conditioning, to nothing. But the full-time church custodian said to me, if somebody tells you it's too hot in here, just come back here and turn this down. They'll feel better. Uh, if somebody tells you it's too cold in here, come in here and turn it up. They'll feel better. Um, and, and you're going to have both probably in the same service. Uh, 
And, and so no matter what you do, no matter how you set things, it's difficult. It's almost impossible to please everyone. Somebody's going to want one thing different than somebody else. Uh, but the Apostle Paul in this text says that he lived his life in such a way that everything he did was designed to be attractive or to attract people to Christ by the way that he lived around them. So if you have your Bibles, open to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, and we'll read 16 through 23. And the Apostle Paul writes, For I preach, if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, I have been entrusted with the stewardship. What is my reward then? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge, that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be a partaker of it with you. First Corinthians 9, 16. Uh, through 23. For if I preach the gospel, if I preach the gospel, one of the things that we know about the Apostle Paul is that that's what he was called to do. And he had a certain compulsion, a certain a certain compulsion to preach the gospel. He was, um, uh, if you look in Acts 9 and you read about his conversion, you see that, that it was a, there was a point where he simply had to surrender to God. He had to surrender to Christ. He had to surrender to the call. Um, not that, that God made him do that, but since God put that call on him, since God placed him uh, there and, uh, and, and gave him everything that he had from the time he was a child to the time that, he was, um, that God knocked him on his, uh, on his back and blinded him there on the road to Damascus, um, everything that he did, everything that he went through was setting him up, was getting him ready, was training him so that he could be a preacher of the gospel, so that he could be a missionary, starting churches, planting churches, telling people about Jesus Christ from Jews to Gentiles, um, Everybody, everywhere he sat, went. So many people that heard the gospel because of the fact that he surrendered to the call of Christ. He says, if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. You know, um, the Apostle Paul didn't call himself to preach the gospel. The Apostle Paul would have not preached the gospel if God would have allowed him to do that. The Apostle Paul would have would have not preached the gospel if God hadn't called him to because that was one of the furthest things from his mind when God called him. In fact, he was on the road to Damascus to arrest Christians when, and, and have them persecute them and put them in jail and maybe even put them to death because he thought they were blaspheming the name of God. He was on, his, on the way to Damascus to do that when God called him. And so he would have done anything else rather than preach the gospel if he could have. He said, if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. Why? Because it was not in himself and it was not of himself. It was a call from God to preach the gospel. And, you know, I understand that to some extent. I mean, I'm no Paul, and, um, and, and I don't ever expect to be. The Apostle Paul was probably trained from childhood. You think about his life. The Apostle Paul was trained uh, and, and went to synagogue and synagogue school, and he was one of those probably that... that um, 
that the people that were teaching him in the synagogue school looked at him and said, he's got great potential. He has fantastic potential. We will keep him. We will ask him. We will, we will call him to be one of our followers. We will call him to be one of our disciples. And we know that he sat at the feet of Gamaliel, or Gamaliel, however you want to say it, who was one of the uh, uttermost, one of the foremost teachers of uh, the Hebrew Scriptures, foremost rabbis of the Hebrew Scriptures. Um, and he sat under his teaching. And we know that the idea was that at 30 years old, they would be released then to go and to, to, uh, to, to gain their own followers and their own disciples to become a rabbi of their own. So for, so for 30 years or 25 years, um, he learned the scriptures. He learned all of those things. And he would have rather been doing that than preaching the gospel because he thought, that those who followed Christ were blaspheming the name of God. If I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. It's not of me, it's of God. For necessity is laid upon me. Necessity is laid upon me. It's, it's something that, that he saw that was necessary. You think about people who, um, who people call them heroes. You hear about uh, young people or, or whoever going by a house and they hear screams and the house is on fire and they just go, well, I had to go in and rescue them. I couldn't just let them burn. Necessity was laid on them. It wasn't that they were that kind of person from the beginning, but they saw somebody in need and somebody who was going to die if they didn't go in and they rescued that person. This is the way Paul felt. And he said, if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. So it was necessary that he would preach the gospel. For we cannot speak the, but speak the things we have seen and heard, what the apostles said. Um, uh, he writes to Timothy, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. And then, then, here's one that I like. Uh, and this, this is Jeremiah. And Jeremiah says, and I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary with holding it back, and I could not keep holding it back. And that's kind of the way the Apostle Paul is. And that should be the way all of us are to some extent, that we love God so much, we love Christ so much, and we have this necessity to share the gospel so much that, that even when we try to hold it back, we can't. We can't not say something about Jesus Christ. And so... Apostle Paul says, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. That, that word woe there is the idea of, of facing something terrible, some regret, some distress, some uh, disaster upon themselves. Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Um, you know, I look at um, when I uh, surrendered to, um, to the ministry, I had no idea what God was going to do in my life or where he was going to take me. I had absolutely no idea. And when I surrendered, I was, I was honestly, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that came through my mind. God's going to do this. God's going to do this. God's going to do this. But I was wrong in every one of them. Um, and, and there was a point where, where I saw something coming. I, God was calling me. And I was not, just at that point, I wasn't really willing to do that. And I sat with my youth pastor. And I said, no, I'm just not willing. I said, I'm willing to be made willing. But at this point, I'm not willing. And I wonder if that's maybe how Paul was on the road to Damascus. He wasn't really willing to do what he maybe saw happening. But then when God struck him down, knocked him on his back, blinded him on the road to Damascus, that's when he became willing to do what God wanted him to do, when he surrendered. And that's kind of how I was, you know, surrendering to what God calls us to do. And then when we finally surrender, we finally give in completely. There's no way we can't. There's no way we cannot keep 
preaching the gospel. There's no way we cannot keep telling people about Jesus Christ who died for us. I remember when I was in seminary and I was working uh, 20, 25, sometimes 30 hours a week and taking classes. And yet there was something missing for a while. I mean, I was a member of a church. I'd go to Sunday school. I'd go to worship. We'd go Sunday morning, Sunday evening, go Wednesday evening um, to prayer meeting. Something was missing. And finally, I knew what it was. That's all it was about. It was about going to work. It was about going to seminary and studying. It was about going to church and, and being a, a, a good little uh, pew sitter. There was something missing. And that was minister, ministry, serving, helping with uh, teaching a Sunday school class, working with the royal ambassadors, doing something that would, um, that would help further <clears throat> the call that I had to preach the gospel. So he says, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, I have been entrusted with the stewardship. Now we'll talk about the reward later on because he asks the question in the next verse, what is my reward then? But if I... If against my will, I've been entrusted with a stewardship. He preached willingly. He was glad to do that, but he was um, uh, um, a steward uh, of what God gave him. He was trusted with what God gave him. And honestly, that's how we all are. We have been entrusted with the gospel. We are all stewards of the gospel. And one day, there will be a reckoning. What are we doing with it? What have we done with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Have we talked to our friends? Have we shared any, any, any of the good news of the gospel with the people that we know? Have we invited people to come to church? Have we talked to them any other time? And I, I know, believe me, when you're working a full-time job outside of, of, of the church, it's difficult when you're in that. You've got a job to do. You've got things you have to do. And sometimes in some of those jobs, you're going to get in trouble if you talk to people about Jesus. But there are friends that we make in those places, friends that we make while we're working, friends that we make at places where we, um, uh, of recreation, of leisure, that guess what? We can talk to them about Jesus. We can be, and I use the phrase, on mission. We can be um, uh, good stewards of the gospel that God has given us. He says, if I do it unwillingly against my will, I've been entrusted with the stewardship. And then he says, what is my reward then? Here's his reward, that when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge, that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel, that I may, pre I may um, present the gospel of Christ without charge. You know, that guy was amazing. And again, I, I go back to what I said a few minutes ago, that, that he was um, at 30 years is the point where a Jew, a Hebrew, could become a rabbi. Okay, so up until that time, they were going to synagogue school, and then it, once they finished the, the, uh, the, the younger part, the first part of the synagogue school, they could be invited to come to another school and to learn even more. And if they, and, and if they weren't seen as uh, capable, then they would go back and they would, have, uh, they would work with their father doing the job that their father had. Or um, if they were seen as capable, then they would be asked to follow another rabbi like Gamaliel. And that's what happened with, with the Apostle Paul. He was seen as one who had um, uh, great potential. And he sat on, at the feet of Gamaliel. He sat and he listened and he learned. And so the first some 30 years of his life, he was listening to people who were teaching him the Hebrew scriptures. And so when he began, when he began to go on mission and he began to work as a tent maker, I can see the Apostle Paul sitting around 
And I've shared this with the church many times, but this is my picture of what happened. And, and, and it's conjecture. It could be wrong, but this is what I see. I see uh, the Apostle Paul sitting around working on making a tent, make, doing the cutting, doing the sewing. And he's got, um, uh, he's got his co-workers there. He's got his, uh, his uh, missionary cohorts there. And he's got um, some other people who are not followers of Christ yet working with them and working for them. He's sitting around. And he's talking about the Old Testament scriptures. And he's taking the Old Testament scriptures and he's relating them to Jesus Christ who appeared to him on the road to Damascus. Trying to show them from the scriptures, the, the Hebrew scriptures, that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. That he died on the cross and he rose from the grave. That he ascended into heaven and that faith in Jesus gives us eternal life. And that's what I see. And so uh, I see that for all of his life, he was being trained to do what God called him to do. He was being uh, made ready to be this one who could work another full-time job and go and give his time to preaching the gospel and to teaching people about Jesus Christ. Um, and you can look at Philippians uh, chapter 3. I'm going to turn there real quickly if I can. Um, Philippians chapter 3. Starting in verse 4, he says, Though I might also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness which is in the law, blameless. So at least seven things he talks about there. And he says, but what things were gained to me? All of these things were gained to him. All of these things helped him uh, in his Hebrew life, in his Jewish life, in his life as a rabbi to be able to move up the ladder so he could progress even more and become more important and, um, and, and, um, and become uh, a higher positioned Pharisee, okay? And so all of those things that were gained to him, he says, these I have counted lost for Christ. I gave all of that stuff up. But every one of those things helped him to become the the uh, missionary, the Christian preacher, the theologian that he was. So he gave all those up for Christ. But every one of them helped him to become the kind of minister and the preacher and the missionary that he was. But he says, what is my reward? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge, that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. So that was his reward. That's what he wanted to do was to preach the gospel without charge. Now, he also says that a worker is worthy of his hire. And, um, and so he, he admonishes churches to be sure to take care of their pastors, to be sure to take care of their, uh, of their, of their ministers, of their elders. And so uh, um, this was his reward. Now, there's, you know, I, I was um, sharing with Timothy a few minutes ago, I, you know, I'm, I'm torn. There's a point in my life and, and sometimes there's a point like at 8.30 in the morning and at 9.30 in the morning, there's the other point, and they're completely opposite. There's one point where, um, where I wish that all I did, and I don't mean that in a negative way, I just mean that sometimes I wish I was a pastor and I didn't have to do anything else or I didn't feel compelled to do anything else. Sometimes I wish that I had a full-time job that could pay me a really good uh, salary or a decent salary and the church wouldn't have to pay me as much so we could do other things with, with that money. With, and so, um, and, and so that we could even broaden the base of the of the ministry and of the staff here at Irvine Avenue. And so, I'm torn. Uh, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful for Irvine Avenue Baptist Church. I'm thankful for the way uh, that that you take care of myself and of my family. And I'm thankful for that. Um, 
And I pray that, that, um, that I don't ever abuse my authority in the gospel. That what I do, I do that to present the gospel to Urban Avenue Baptist Church and through Urban Avenue Baptist Church to the community and even, uh, even further out than that. He says, for though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all. In other words, he's free from all men. He's only really a slave to Christ. He says, I'm free from all men, but I've made myself a servant to all um, that I might win the more. And so his whole life is directed at serving Christ through serving others, at serving Christ through sharing the gospel with others. I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew that I might win the Jews to those who are under the law. Now, one of the things we've got to see here is, um, is we can see that there's like three or four different categories of people that he became like. To the Jews, I became as a Jew. And to those who are under the law, as under the law. So there's two, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, as without law. Not being without law toward God myself, but under law toward Christ. That I might win those who are without law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. So there's possibly four different groups here that he's talking about that he became like. It's interesting that he would become like the Jews, and also like the Gentiles, who had completely different opposing viewpoints. So how can you do both? Well, one of the things we see, if we look in, um, in uh, Acts chapter 21, 18 through 27, we see the Apostle Paul going under, if you will, the authority and the leadership and the discipline of the temple. And in doing so, he also, he makes, in doing so, he makes himself... Uh, as the Jews, but in doing so, he also, if you read that text, he also is made as the Gentiles. Um, it's one of the best examples we can find in the scriptures, and if you want to know more about how he did both that, you just read, need to read the book of Acts and all, of the, all his letters. Um, but he became as the Jew to win the Jews. He became as the Gentiles to win the Gentiles. He became as those who are under law to win those who are under the law. He became as those who are not under the law um, to become to uh, win those who are not under the law. And we've got to see one other thing in here that I really think is very important. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, we could talk about the weak here. Um, to the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. Now, you notice that he says, um, uh, that, that he said, I, I became as the Jew, I became as those who are under the law, I became as those who are not under the law. But in the text here, in, in some of the more modern versions, because in, in some of the oldest manuscripts, the word as is left out in this verse. I became weak. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I didn't become as the weak. I became weak. And one of the things that the Apostle Paul says is that, um, that in his weakness, God is strong. And so he's okay with being weak, not just becoming as the weak, but becoming weak so that the strength of God and the power of God and the power of the gospel can shine forth as he preaches. He doesn't want people to think that the power of God is from him. He doesn't want think that people to think that the power of the gospel is from him. He wants them to know that this power and this strength and this might comes from God the Father, Christ the Son, the Holy Spirit, and from the preaching of the gospel. And, and we see that. He said, listen, I decided not to do anything else but to preach Christ and him crucified. And so... To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. I want you to see something else here real quickly, okay? Um, his standard was not the law. As you look at everything that Paul did, 
um, you think about the Old Testament law, and that wasn't his standard. The standard that he strove to live up to was a standard set by Christ. Was a standard set by Christ. And the standard that Jesus Christ set was much more strict and much more stringent than the Old Testament law. You think about what, the, what Jesus said. Um, basically, he said, if you hate your brother, then it's as bad as killing him. If you lust after a woman, it's as bad as, as committing uh, adultery with her. Um, and, and then he said to some of the uh, religious leaders, you follow the laws, but your heart is far from me. And you see the difference in what Jesus taught. It's the heart is what directs the actions. So many times, so often, um, people do things that they know they ought to do, but in their heart, that's not what they want to do. They want to do something else. They want to live a certain way, but they do things for appearance sake so that they can be seen as being better than they really are. And the Apostle Paul said, you know, his standard was not the law. His standard was Christ. He placed himself under the law, but his standard was obeying what Jesus Christ said and what he expected of him. So we want to see in all of the stuff that he did when he became like a Jew, when he became like a Gentile, um, he was willing to, if you will, compromise with them if there wasn't a, a, a gospel principle or a scriptural principle at stake, okay? Um, he says, I became all things To all men, that I might by all means save some. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Um, he, 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 he wants to know us to know. And, and by this, he's calling you and me and the people that he's writing to to do the same thing. You know, you think about what, he's, what he did. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so that's what he wants us to do too. I don't know exactly how all of this plays out in your life. Um, and I look at some of the things that people say. Well, I'm supposed to be all things to all men. So I see some people now. You know, one of the things, people that people, re one of the persons or preachers that people really admire is Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And I just love the pictures, you know. Big guy with a beard. Smoked a cigar. And now you got some of these younger guys going, well, you know, that's what he did, and we want to be spiritual, so we're going we're gonna to grow a beard and smoke a cigar. I'm, I'm not sure that that's exactly, I'm fairly confident that that's not exactly what it's talking about. I become all things to all men that I might reach some. So does that mean we need to go to the bar and sit and drink a beer? No, absolutely not. You're <coughs> you will probably meet those people that you would see at the bar somewhere else or somebody else would. You <coughs> you will have contact with them somewhere else other than at the bar, and there's no reason for that. So I don't know exactly how it's going to play out in your life, becoming all things to all men. But what I do know, if I can put it down in just a nutshell, is your life and my life need to be the kind of life that people look to so that they are attracted to Jesus Christ, so that they know that God has done something in our life that he has changed who we are, not just our actions, but he has changed our heart so that when we tell them about Jesus, they know why we're different. And, and to me, that's the challenge of the day. To me, that's the challenge of the month, the challenge of the year, even the challenge of our lifetime, to live differently, not really to become all things to all men, but in a certain way, yes, to be all things to all men.
so that when they look at us, they know that there is a God that makes a difference in our lives, that changes who we are, and that gives us eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ. Can we bow for you, please? Father, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for your scripture, for your word. God, I want to thank you for the challenge of your word, for even the things about it that we don't completely understand. Father, I pray that as we go about our life this coming week, that you will direct our paths. And that as you direct our paths, we will follow your direction. We will do the things you call us to do. We will share the gospel with the people that you put in front of us. And that we will live the way you call us to live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.